welcome to the What's Up Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the What's Up Podcast. My name is Brenton Birdall, um, and I am joined by a very special guest tonight, the uh, the founder, uh, the originator, the OG um, <laughs> of wrestling podcasts. Um, I have Jason Sheffeltowski, everybody. How's it going, Jason? Good. You didn't butcher that last name, so that's good. I butchered the intro, but I didn't butcher the last you name because I was thinking so much about the last name that I that I couldn't remember what I was going to say for the intro, but we got past it. Here we are. We did. So to clarify, the the founder of the Count Out podcast sits sits before me today. Um, first of all, I have to start out by saying, uh, this podcast, this desk, this computer, all of this that you're seeing right now probably, uh, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, Jason Shuffletowski. Well, well, thank you. But yeah. I, th- I think you probably bought all of the stuff well, I, by, by yeah, yourself. Yeah. So. In that aspect. Yeah. You didn't buy me shit, but, uh, in the aspect of you're the first person that I've, that I ever met or ever knew or had a conversation that, that actually started their own podcast. So, uh, you essentially put it in my mind and made it a feasible uh, endeavor, essentially. And uh, I've kind of got to watch you start and maintain and, and be, uh, you know, do so successfully um, over the last. Uh, what's it been? Two years now? Uh, I think we're nearing three this. Yeah, summer, nearing so three years. You've been in the yeah. game a while now. Yeah. So. It's the Countout Podcast. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the Countout Podcast is? Well, what it was is I've been a wrestling fan essentially since I've been, God, three, four years old probably. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. I actually wanted to wrestle. Um, things didn't work out that way, but uh, followed it you know, all through high school, junior high, college. Never really lost interest in it like a lot of people do. You kind of grow out of it or whatever. Um, had a discussion with a former coworker uh, that used to work with both you and I and Shout found out to out, Justin. Yeah. To Justin Williams um, found out that he was a huge wrestling fan too. And we thought, you know, why don't we just do a podcast uh, discussing weekly topics, historical topics, things like that. And it just kind of morphed into that. And then he, you know, switched jobs. So he hasn't really been able to do any podcasts with me. So now my wife, um, co-hosts with me. I actually kind of got that idea from you guys, and we had talked a long time about having a female um, perspective um, towards the things that happen in wrestling, so that's kind of worked out. Um, and then we started just about a, a year ago, started the Count Out Wrestling Community, which is a Facebook page, and I'm going to do a cheap plug. Facebook. Get it. Da- Get your plug, son. Get face- your plug. Facebook.com slash the Count Out Wrestling. Uh, basically, it's just a Facebook page for fans to discuss wrestling, talk about wrestling, anything that they want to talk about. Uh, I think we're like close to 150 people that follow it now. We got a you know active 20 or 30 people that comment or post things and things like that. And the person that helps me administer that is actually someone I met on a wrestling forum, um, and she's from Canada. Canada, so. the Canucks. You got we had to reach north. I, I don't know if I'd I, I would say that, but she's actually. Um, part-time writer, uh, blogger, and she's a huge wrestling fan too. So, Well, that was a good find. So, yeah, uh, a lot of her posts are pretty intelligent. It's not like a lot of the wrestling yeah. forums and sites you go to where it's, oh, this sucks or something like that. So, yeah. As personally, as one of the hundreds and half, whatever, right? Uh, I, I see the content that comes through, and it's very good. I don't necessarily follow – I didn't follow wrestling. 
I did when I was younger. We'll get into that later. But uh, as of as of uh, lately, I don't really keep up with professional wrestling at all. But uh, I have gotten you guys. You guys make it a little bit more interesting. So I did tune in for a couple the the few that I catch not having cable. Right. Um, I did. I did. You know, it's it is good content. If you're into wrestling, it's definitely more of a. Um, how could I say this? It, it's uh, of a higher caliber. It's it's well it's well written. As you said, you have a blogger. You have a Canadian blogger writer, right? As essentially as an admin on your group site. Yeah, and I did a lot of blogging in the past for various wrestling websites and stuff like that. And then I have some experience doing blogging for like the forum. I did a lot of Vikings, really? Viking stuff. Well, I didn't know that. Maybe like five, six, seven years ago, somewhere like that. So. Oh wow! How about that? We're in the presence of a of a professional blogger. I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Well, it's something like. It started out as something where I was more comfortable just typing blogs and doing blogs and things like that rather than talking uh, on a microphone. Yeah. You know, which seems weird, but kind of that social anxiety getting in front of the microphone type thing. So, it, it uh, definitely when you can edit your content, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. When it's a podcast, you can and can't. I mean, once it's out, it's out. You it's can't there. bring it back. Can't really do it unless you delete it. So, you started with the, started with the Count Out podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. Justin was on there. Hopefully, we're, you know, we talked about getting Justin on too. He's moved on some other things. Everybody gets busy. You guys are kind of working on your own thing. Then, yeah. then you enlisted your, your uh, wife, Callie. Shout out to Callie. Uh, I listened to that. I listened to the episode. Um, with your guys' first episode as with her as a co-host, and I thought mm-hmm. it was great. She's really nervous in front of the microphone, even when it's just you her and be. I. You should be, though. You, you get in front of it. And That's I think part she, of the adrenaline rush for me. She was really nervous, but she never really was into wrestling until she met me. Um, and then actually the day after we got married, we actually left where we got married at and drove six hours to hurry up to get back to Fargo to go see WWE. <laughs> the um, day you got the day after the you day, got married? The day after. So probably you a, probably you honeymooned? wasn't... No, we went to the honeymoon that following week, but um, pre-honeymoon um, visit to wrestling. I, <laughs> but I, the honeymoon period was spent at was spent at the professional re- <laughs> at a wrestling event. I don't think it was the most popular move um, to a lot of people. But that's love right there. But that's devotion too. It was. She she wanted to go too. So I mean, it, it was quite an experience <laughs> for anyone, her. If anyone's ever questioned your love for the sport. Um, <laughs> You know, then you could just throw that at him. Yeah, and, f- and find a woman who understands your love of wrestling. Exactly, and that that says that says you know that speaks uh, that speaks a lot for Callie too, because not a lot of women would you know let let that happen. I don't know if I could have pulled off a situation. You know, I'm not necessarily into wrestling, but I was like, if I told Sam like, hey, you know, um, there's this uh, you know I don't even know necessarily what I'm into. I guess there's this uh, scooter convention right uh, and tomorrow after our wedding. No. Well, see, I, I knew three months in advance, and I, I at least asked her if it was okay. And if she would have said no, we wouldn't have went. But I would like to know the monetary it. amount that, that that ended up costing you. You know what I mean? From well, from three months prior up until then, you probably had to do some fluffing. Nothing really, because she was so focused on the wedding anyway. So, so it kind of worked like, out. It's kind of a distraction. <laughs> it's a distraction for me. So All right. Uh, we're hitched. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for the gifts. Thanks for the money. Uh, the wedding's been great. The cake was good. We're going to wrestling. Sadly, that's kind of like what it was. But a lot of people left. That's what all weddings A lot are. of people left at the same time we did anyway, just because they had the long drive. So it, it worked out. Yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be a weekend event. You're sick of everybody by then anyways. So now Kelly's on. So you guys got you do have plans for doing more? Yeah. Um, now that it's WrestleMania season, it's kind of the time that we need to get some content out there. So WrestleMania season, now. it's like a league. No, WrestleMania season is essentially um, around from like January through April, because then you have the Royal Rumble, and this is when all the feuds and all the main matches that are going to happen at WrestleMania, all of that stuff, the storylines start taking shape. Oh, so. 
your casual wrestling fan that doesn't watch as often is going to start watching more and your fans that don't follow it at all, but just know the name WrestleMania start to tune in because I think like Shaq is actually going to wrestle at WrestleMania this year. Really? And then obviously Brock Lesnar is a huge draw just because oh, yeah. of, you know, his UFC background and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he's a superstar. He's coming off of, uh, some, uh, some what, some ramifications or some he little was, suspension, little there suspension for uh, yeah for uh, performance enhancing drugs of some sort, kind of controversial, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, we but should... I think he got a year banned and a two hundred thousand dollar fine or something like that. So he's just hanging out in uh, Minnesota, across the river. Here. I, steroids or not or whatever he took, I still wouldn't want to mess with him. No, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's got a giant sword on his chest. He does. You're you're probably not putting a giant sword uh, sword on your chest unless you know if you're fucking around. No, <laughs> if you can't back it up, you wouldn't put it on there. He sounds like he sounds like a fucking giant, like out of a movie. It's like got the low, like like he just inhaled some duster or he something. Does. He's like, what? Um, what are you talking about? It's like was, it's weird. He was in Grand Forks here um, last spring or whatever for his daughter or stepdaughter's volleyball tournaments or whatever, <laughs> and like no one would sit around him. I guess he has an aura. I had a friend that was her daughter plays volleyball for Red River or whatever in Grand Forks, and you could see her pictures online where no one's sitting around him, he's just by himself or with his wife, and it's like nobody's fucking messing with him or anything. Poor guy, it's kind of I, fucked up. He probably likes it. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind it at that kind of event, I guess. No, but he lives right across. He lives in he uh, he lives right across the river in yeah. Minnesota. He has a place in. I don't know where I don't I can't I think it's Alexandria or He's he has a huge kind of farm or facility, ranch facility yeah, yeah it's got a it's got a it's got a full gym and everything Yeah the only phone he has is a pay phone like 3 miles from his house or something like yeah, that Yeah and they drive this shitty little Kia car or something Yeah Is he still yeah so so he's still involved in wrestling essentially Yeah he is um he just came back here this Monday night he's been out since November and now they're kind of pushing the whole Royal Rumble thing with him and Goldberg and Undertaker and all that stuff. So, so is there performance enhancement drug testing in, in uh, professional wrestling as well? Is it, and is it held to the same? Is it as strict as the UFC or boxing? Yeah, they had the WWE has their whole wellness policy now. And I think it's really been under the microscope since they had that whole Chris Benoit um, where he murdered his family and his son and himself and things like that. Um, because he was all roided out? Yeah, and now all the wrestlers that have died at such a young age, I think really your athletic commissions, yeah, and I think even the, the, the government has been kind of clamping down on that. And it seems like the testing seems to be working. You see people that get suspended for wellness violations and things like that. I mean, I hope it does because yeah. when you watch wrestlers die at the same age that I am, you know, I'm 33, it's yeah. kind of... Or lose their fucking minds and kill their families. Yeah, that's kind of sad. All roided out or whatever. I don't know what he... he that had to be some sort of mental illness and depression. They, they said he had the brain of like an 85-year-old Alzheimer's patient. Wow. His brain was that messed up from concussions and things like that. Really? Yeah. That's going to start coming to light too, I suppose, now with the NFL kind of... You know, the NFL and their big money kind of putting things and attention yeah. towards that as well. That's going to... You know, there's injuries. I don't... You know, there's got to... The injuries, these people... I would say that there's probably just as many injuries uh, as as other contact sports, or yeah, because con- and the whole concussion thing in any sport really hasn't been a huge deal up until the last five or so years. It hasn't really been yeah something I, that's talked about. So. I remember getting one in football uh, in like junior high football, as far back as that, and my eyes were bloodshot, and I like was crying uncontrollably, and right. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And they kind of handled it 
like the coaches talked about it like it was a sprained ankle. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I played that game, but I, I know that I played the next one, you know, whatever right. the next weekend or and of the next Friday or you know, and then I, I also had heat stroke issues too, where I'd have heat strokes on the field and I and I would that was also was like bad. That wasn't a big thing. No. So, so things are changing in sports with that, no. Uh but so like I was saying before, this I probably wouldn't have done this podcast. Uh, I have some friends now that are podcasting. Some, uh, you know, some guys, a few people that I know, some people from my hometown. They're kind of coming out with their podcast as well. But uh, you know, I was talking about this a couple years ago with Jason, and I was always interested in it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I probably would have tried to get more involved had I known anything about wrestling whatsoever, but right. I didn't. Um, but you know, the the production aspect of actually like going from someone. Uh, that's just like, I'm going to start a podcast, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's easy, but it's not, you get to the point where you can get your voice on, you can get your voice recorded. And sometimes it doesn't even matter, um, how shitty the content is, but as you start listening to yourself, it's like, it just bothers you and you want to make the, you want to get the best sound that you possibly can. Right. Um, and that's, it's fucking expensive. It, it is. And to your point where it's easy, I think it's easy too. I know a lot of people talk about random podcasts or topics that they'd like to do once you get the equipment and figure out how to use it it's not that hard as a suggestion i mean i don't listen to myself after i do the podcast i'll listen to the first few minutes just to make sure the levels are good and then i never listen to it i always do i listen to my episodes uh at least i've heard all my episodes probably like three times really yeah i just learned from myself and it's part of this thing where uh i'm sometimes I'm, I th- when I'm done with the cast, I think like, oh, that wasn't the best one I've ever done. Right. And then you let it sit for a day or two and you listen to it and you're like, oh my God, I completely forgot about that part. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But that might have to do with the way that I, in, in the beginning, how I podcasted, we just hit record and we just went. You yeah. Know? That's what, that's what pretty much we do. Yeah, exactly. Now we structure a little bit. It's like, Hey, we should talk about this or talk about that, but there's mm-hmm. really nothing written out or anything. It just comes off the cuff and you're only going to get better uh, at that. In my opinion, if you just, if you know, sometimes you have to analyze yourself, not yeah. too much. There are episodes that I just don't care for. And, I, and then I'll never listen to again, that I stay <laughs> away from. Um, you know, so, but so if you, if you had to give one piece of advice, like what would be the first thing if you, if I was going to, if I didn't have, you know, if you're a guy who just had some funny ideas or whatever, what would be the first thing that you would do? Like to tell them, how do you start a podcast? Like what's the first thing they could do? I would actually pick up some books. Actually, you can even pick up maybe like even like a home recording for music book. How I learned how to do everything was I picked up a book called home recording or home recording for musicians for dummies or whatever. Yeah. And that's essentially how I learned how to do everything. And Google, obviously, is your friend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can find anything there. YouTube has a lot of videos and things like that. You could you could essentially get a Shout Engine account. Mm. If you had an iPhone, you could take the voice recorder on the on your tablet or iPhone right. or Android device, and you could hit fucking you could hit record. You could do your, a whole show. Your and mics on your it. your mics on your tablets and your iPhones are just as good as when I do Skype as a normal mic. If you wanted to use it. In episodes like uh, 16, or 15, 16, and 17, those guys are on iPhones with the iPhone brand microphones uh, over Skype. Right. And, uh, you know, it sounds great. So, I mean, if you if you didn't know, you'd think they were sitting right next to us. So the technology, uh, as opposed to when I was trying to figure this out by myself in a band, when we were trying to record our tracks, right. you know, in like a basement somewhere, uh, it's changed a lot. You know, the the... Um, the technology has come a long way and it is some of it is is still expensive but even from five years ago the price on things had gone down so much I, that, unbelievably yeah yeah 
I, and, and some things are hard to find. I mean, that's another thing too. You know, mixers in this town, you know, how you cannot fucking anywhere in Fargo. You can't just drive no. somewhere and get a mixer. No, you can't anymore with margaritas and, and Best Buy not having Anything. music stores anymore. It's kind of hard to do it. So you got to order it online pretty much. But I guess what I'm getting at is if anyone, you know, has an idea or thinks that they want to start a podcast, you should just do it. It's pretty simple. Uh, you know, Jason's helped me along the way. He kind of uh, showed me, uh, he just kind of gave me the names of programs, always kind of just helped me out here and there. Uh, you know, and, and it's pretty cool because I never knew I, when I talked to him, when I talked to him a couple of years ago, I'd never had any plans of doing anything like this. And now uh, it's taken over a large part of my life, my free time, and, and I love to do it. Um, and so thank you. Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah, for paving the way, man. Yeah, I mean, any time that a person can share knowledge and someone can do something with it, more than happy to That's happy awesome. to do that. So. so, you are a man of many hats. You have a few different hobbies. One of your other hobbies uh, that I've kind of just picked up along the way of being a former, or I mean, a former. See it, my body, my <laughs> mind. Telling me no, but your body's telling you. My yes. body, my mind just said former, it was going to say former Vikings fan, like without me knowing. Subconsciously, I just became a former Vikings fan. We're, we're talking, you used to watch wrestling, so I could see former wrestling fan, former Vikings fan. I could yeah, see where that. yeah, so it's just getting mixed up. It's not that, uh, you know, I still love the Vikings. Uh, you know, being a Vikings fan as well, I, I have, you know, kind of I keep up with some of the things uh, that you post and you mm. are posting some pretty rare, uh, you're a collector of sports memorabilia. Would you say? Or hoarder. You're a hoarder of sports memorabilia. Word yeah. it or however my wife would want to word it, I guess. Did this, so I know I had a bunch of friends or a couple friends who were really into card collecting mm -hmm. when we were younger. Yep. Um, did that start from that? Yeah. I think probably five years old. I remember my mom buying me baseball cards and it kind of went from there to football and basketball. It's kind of just progressed into that. Um, what's your, as far as personal, not even monetary, like not, not worth the most, but what's, what's your favorite piece? Oh man. Um, I have a Klein saucer Jersey. Uh, when he was a rookie, um, I met him in Shields and Grand Forks. And then finally a couple of years ago, finally got around to having the money to get it professionally framed. So I have oh. that hanging on my wall. So that's probably my, that's probably the most expensive piece you have. Cause it costs a million dollars to have something professionally framed. I found out. 450 bucks the or frame 300 game bucks is or fucking whatever off the chain yeah. what's up hobby lobby no wonder you can sell everything so fucking cheap because the frames cost six thousand right. dollars to have something custom framed is so unbelievably expensive especially if it's something that's not the yeah. normal out of the box sizes <laughs> i mean every investment you ever wanted you should just sell all your memorabilia right right and start a fucking frame shop it, there's huge money in framing stuff jeez oh, louise man yeah i know so, so this this collecting thing, you've done this your whole life? Um, yeah, since probably about five years old. Like the memorabilia and the autograph stuff um, last three, four years maybe. But you circulate these things too. You don't just hoard them all to yourself. Yeah, I think. You gather collections and sell them and things like that? I think over the course of the past three, four years, Callie and I figured it out. I think maybe half a million to a million cards I've sold, I think. Half like a that. million yeah. to a million cards. Yeah. Have gone in your home and out of your home. Mm -hmm. You may not have touched every single one of them, but that's a million, a million mean, of fucking anything. Or I mean, a half a million even. It's a you lot. Know, it's a and I and I I believe it because I see it. I mean, I've seen the post. People, I'm like, oh, he's posting a the largest box of of uh, sports cards I've ever seen. No one's gonna comment on that. I remember thinking yeah, and, like, and nobody's people, gonna buy that. Buy them. Thirteen seconds. Fucking it, four people. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Sold. And what's nice about it is most of the time it goes to somebody with kids or that's gonna give them to a kid. And I don't 
when I was buying collections, I kind of don't really do it anymore now, but it would be 5,000 baseball cards for like 20 bucks or something like that. So even if it was not necessarily the of the greatest players in the world, if it had a few nice ones sprinkled in and some cheap ones, you're still getting... The time you know, it would take to go through and find if you had anything good is worth it for the people that are right. paying the 20 bucks for it or whatever. Right. You know, that's, that's fucking 10 hours for that kid. Yeah. And, and I remember going through baseball cards when I was younger and getting packs and opening packs and yep. I wasn't even a diehard. I just had a friend who was into it. So every once in a while I would just help him out or whatever and go through like, what are they called? Beckett's? Yeah. Price games the, like that. Yeah. yeah. They have like a price book called a Beckett and you could see if anything was worth anything. Yeah. And you could actually see he had boxes of cards that are unsealed that he knew that there was good shit in that box. Right. So that's crazy. There's, it's gotten to the point though now where it's such a high end market where they kind of cut like the children and the young people out of it where sure. you kind of have to have a nice chunk of change unless you're buying older stuff that well it's the it's the 10 year olds of the 90s yeah uh now you know with a little bit of money it's the, right. the market kind of followed the trend or the the style of living i suppose because pokemon took over the fucking game when it came to that thing yeah pokemon was huge for the longest people time. in pokemon cards is unbelievable yeah. i used to work a second job at the pawn shop um, and I, there was a guy that worked there and his, he had a, a almost his full-time job was selling, buying collections of people's, uh, magic, the gathering and, uh, Pokemon cards. Right. And he made a living of like going through these, like, I don't know if this, like these kids started when they were seven and just got their parents to buy them a shitload of stuff that ended up being worth money. But there were, there were people that, that had, you know, uh, you know, they lived with their parents. They didn't even own a car that their most prized possession was probably, under five hundred dollars, and these guys had like twelve or thirteen thousand dollar Magic the Gathering or Pokemon yeah, collections. I, yeah, I not that invested in. I'm saying that's the that's the very top of the scale. Yeah. You know, it was just yeah. unbelievable to me. But I didn't even know that card collecting existed anymore. Like, um, I don't. You don't really see the the um, the stores or anything like that anymore. Right. Which uh, you know, and so when you told me that you when I started when I seen you started to you know that you still transfer sports cards. That's that's. That was really intriguing to me. I mean, um, my friend that I went to college with, um, Jeremy Halderman, I guess I'll give him a shout out to, um, owns a card store in Moorhead called Cardboard Kings. And really that's the only card store that's, that's really left. So, uh, Cardboard Kings in Moorhead, Minnesota. Awesome. Yeah. And I think, um, he's actually moving, I think to Fargo to a bigger location, but there's a show at like the Holiday Inn or the Moorhead American Legion every couple of months. But otherwise, man, the hobby is just. Dying it's off, but there's off. a few of you diehards just keeping it alive. Yeah. That's there. There's still a pulse. There's still a pulse. Yeah, it's crazy to think of all the the cool things that we did when we were younger that are just kind of dying off. And I was almost like it was like a spark or like a good feeling that I got um, when I when I seen that when I heard that you were still in the in the card trading game. I was just, I thought it was great. Yeah, and I don't do it for you know. Yeah, I, I buy and sell some stuff too, but I don't really do it necessarily for the money or anything because there isn't any any in it you know i collect a lot of viking stuff and things like that like we were talking about earlier so big vikings fan yeah one of the largest vikings fans just a little yeah so you are the commissioner of our fantasy football league right so uh you're talking to the the boss when it comes to fantasy football uh interesting interestingly enough i happen to be the champion (laughs) of that league uh so what's up um i'm sure there are some upset people that probably uh know a lot more about football than me uh, i think you i actually heard that they're going to institute a rule in yeah my name. it's the it's the brenton birdall rule it's where, the brenton uh, birdall rule 
Um, Brenton was the only one who didn't show up to our draft this year. I had an emergency, and I'd been to every draft in the last four years, and every year before that, for four years, someone has drafted for somebody else. And we've never had an attendance like this before at a draft. We had 13 out of 14 teams there, and Brenton didn't show up, so I ended up drafting some of his team. And I've seen Jason draft before. He drafts well. He'll give you a chance, but he doesn't draft. You, I mean, you draft fair. Right. And then, mean, then you ended up winning, so some people were. I ended up winning with, I think it was four or five original players that you had picked, which were great players. Right. So thank you very much when it comes to that. <laughs> no but problem. I edited my, I edited, uh, I edited my lineup every week. Um, I have the Oracle, uh, uh, Nick Tome, shout out to Nick Tome. Uh, I call him the Oracle. Uh, every once in a while, I have to dial into uh, nicktome.com and uh, put, would you play this player or would you play this player? Right. And then he gives me uh, the answer that I need. But I only think I only think I had to use a lifeline like two times this year. But um, so, yeah, I was, uh, I'm the champion. I have the trophy. Uh, everyone else can suck it. Uh, <laughs> I won. So I have the commissioner here. He's calling it safe. It's a it's a win. A win is a win. Win is a win. And, and I was a little bit when I first heard about the Brenton Bird all rule. I was like, that's that's fucked up. You, come on, you guys can't call it something else. Then I instantly it just kind of clicked in my head, and I was like, Brenton Bird all rule. I will probably never win fantasy football uh, ever again. I only played because Jason asked me because he needed to fill people when no one gave a shit about it three years ago. And I was like, so I could go down in history. So name the rule, Brenton, the Brenton Bird all rule. We're going to. I would be more than happy. Um, yeah, I think this is our, this was our sixth season or my sixth season running it. I have never won it. I I finished second three times, two or three times. I can't remember, but yeah, sixth year running it. And it seems like we always got uh, a decent amount of people. I think the last couple of years we had 14 teams. So it's made for a huge league. It's a huge league. It's a hard league because there's so many people and the people that you would never imagine win it. Like they would, you would never imagine. Uh, I think uh, the first, well, after the first year for like three years in a row, four years in a row, it was someone that had just joined the league would want, would win it. Yeah, and their husband was doing their picks for him. Some of them. We're not saying that men or women know more or less about football because that's not the case. I'm just saying in the cases that we're talking about here, I didn't, I would not think of that person who won the last two years to have the football knowledge that it would take. Uh, to win fantasy football until this year because I won and I was like, oh, I get it. Well, I you don't you don't really need to know that much shit about football. You no, just, you can just be pick up a magazine or look online. Yeah, I mean, they, we've got a decent amount of females that have played throughout the years too. And, so. and, and some of them some of them are really really good, but they just right. don't talk about football right. at all. You know, and I don't talk about football at all. I I think um, Stacy. Um, Shout out to Stacy. Won 17 games in a row over the course of two seasons. She whooped everybody's ass, yeah. and she's a Patriots fan, so it was horrible. So to win 17 straight games as a Patriots fan, head to head against people, that's during, insane. During Deflate Gate, unbelievable. I, I don't mind the Patriots. So no, I don't mind the Patriots either. I just like there. I I have a bad experience. I was in Boston Airport, and like there was a bunch of Patriots fans and. They were just rowdy and rude, and they're just talking like this and talking like, "Yeah, we'll take more beers over here." Yeah, that's what, how much for this beer? How much? Seven dollars, you know? And they were, and they're just like, "Look at this guy," you know? Like they didn't, they were super fucking rude, bad experience. So then I carry that over to hating the Patriots. So that's a personal data that I have. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel the same way about Green Bay and Dallas. So it's kind of been a common topic that we bring up on the What's Up podcast, and uh, I come from music. Um, a lot of my past guests uh, come from music. Um, we're still kind of 
keeping the pulse of the music scene going. Uh, and I love it. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, but I'm very excited for the future of, of hopefully where we will be going, um, with music. But, uh, that being said, um, you are a former, you're, well, you still are. You're not former. You're a musician yourself. I say former. I haven't done it in so long that. See, I say former too. So, but you were the guitar player for a local band here in Fargo, correct? Yeah, for Reaper. Um, we acted from like 2007 to 2013, something like that. Couple albums. Things That's a like good that. spread. So, yeah, um, quite quite a few gigs. Um, like Ricks and Fargo, Specs, places like that. So I think we played with a lot of the same band members, but it ended up being members of bands that may have been uh, in a transition, right? Uh, like Dozer and. Yeah, we never played with them. We played with like Camilla and Sons of Poseidon and Vindictus. And, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. played with we played with Camilla and Sons of Poseidon. Yeah, uh, or not Sons of Poseidon. We played with Camilla and we played with members of Sons of Poseidon. Right. Uh, for anyone who those those bands are pretty much like Fargo metal, uh, local metal scene. Uh, you know, I'd say staple bands here in Fargo. Yeah, probably the best of the best. Really, I think when you're talking about and then a few of those yeah the best of the best and then those actual those members ended up going off into different projects and then i ended up playing with those those people in different projects later on probably right. in the, in the uh, era of uh you know actually we played probably in a similar in a similar time frame now that i think about it yeah probably so cuz i remember hearing about you guys cuz you guys always played around the minot yeah. minot area quite a bit cuz that's where you guys were based out well, of well check so. us out but I was, before I even knew Jason, before I even moved to Fargo, uh, we were in the same music scene, essentially. Yeah, small world. It is a small world. Do you, do you miss playing? I do. Um, I Not to get all mushy-wushy, I kind of gave it up when my parents passed away because it was just kind of a big thing for them. My, my deaf father would go to all the gigs that we play all over the place and put miles on to see us play and all of that. And I just kind of lost interest in it, and then... Bought a house, got married. That's my next started, point. Too, started it? focusing on on work and career, and it just it's not the easiest um, thing to do. On top of all of that stuff, besides, I mean, we've got a couple of coworkers that you know Dan plays and stuff like that, but he's been doing it with his band for so long now, so it's easier for him to just pick up and play. But well, the hardest part is finding a place to play. I found yeah. that. We talked about this uh, in a, past, a couple past episodes in Minot. The music scene is dying there. The local music scene is dying there. Essentially not dying there. For lack of a better term, it's struggling because people don't have places to play. Right. And when you get to be our age, we don't have our parents' basements anymore. <laughs> we have our own homes that we have to pay mortgages for. And uh, the way that, you know, I don't know if it's just like the style of house that you see in Fargo, but a lot of the houses here, they're just not, in Minot, it was a lot of like, really like spaced out well just the basements were like a or brick and older homes yeah you know what i'm saying and i'm sure that those homes exist in the center of fargo but where we live we live in newer homes so there's they're just not built the same no it seems like basements are built out of like saltine crackers yeah. or something yeah, yeah. somebody farts upstairs i can fucking yeah. hear it any anywhere in my house so there's no way that we're plugging in you know a fucking stack and uh getting a live drum set down here no, because it's not gonna happen neighbors three-way we'd have the cops here in 15 minutes if that yeah if that so I'm with you. I want to play music. I'm going to play music. Um, uh, but finding the time for that kind of thing, especially since you have a podcast and, and I have a podcast now, that takes up enough of my time. And all I have to do is sit down and talk. I mean, if it were something that you were doing for, I wouldn't say a living, but you were making money doing it on the weekends or stuff, that makes it a little bit easier. But to get to that point now would be extremely, at least in my case, it'd be extremely tough because you got to find the right players 
you got to find a place to practice. You got to find a place to get gigs. Yeah, but I'm not a gig it's musician not. though. I don't mess with that. Like you have to play covers to make that kind of money. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even yeah. if even learning covers, because you know, I talked with a couple different people about putting stuff together, and it's you got to find the right kind of music to play. Find the time to learn those covers. Learn them good enough to where you at least know what you're doing. And I'm not about that life. And not now. Not never. It, it's. It, it's tough to, yeah. to do it. I can respect those people that do it, that have kids and have a life and everything like that. It's tough. It's, I mean, but it is it is an income. You make decent money uh, gigging, they yeah. call it, or whatever. And and I've known musicians uh, when we were deep into it, uh, really cool guys that shared studio or practice areas around us. Um, they, were, they were playing some decently good-sized bars, and they were making money. But right. it was a different situation than what we were doing. We were writing music, and I would write music again. I would love to. I miss it. That's, I think that's why I really uh, lean towards this podcast, because I need a creative outlet, or right. I get crabby, and then everyone around me fucking hates me. I think times are a little different, too, just because of like your DUI laws and things like that, too. It's not like when we started, I guess you could... Or I remember hearing like in the 80s and 90s when music was huge back where I was from, you can't just go to a bar and hang out and drive home. Now you go out to the bar and Even there's, a for cop, us. there's a cop sitting there waiting for you to give you a DUI right when you drive out. So yeah, I think that people don't get as wild on Wednesday nights as they used to. No. Uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, being someone that wants to play music, you're right. When to, to put a band together, it has to be a spark. And sometimes you took it for granted when we had bands. But for everyone to come together where they needed to be to actually make music was a fucking miracle. It was yeah. like something special and we didn't know it. And we just spent most of our time chewing each other's asses or trying to get the fucking... Anyone, not getting along. Someone not coming and... to practice or fuck you and whatever. You're right. always late and, you know, you've missed the words or you fucked that part up. But we should have just been enjoying ourselves. That's the thing because you get that little bit of magic there like that. And if I were to go back and play with the same people from when we were doing really good with Reaper, I couldn't stand them right now. I couldn't do it. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. I know. It's just it, like the time has to be perfect. Uh, the content has to be perfect. You know what I mean? The space right. has to be where you need a space at a certain time and you have to meet certain people. And it wasn't Craigslist. We had a, everyone I've ever been in a band with was a connection outside. You knew, you knew outside someone of, who knew someone or exactly. something like that. And later we had other musicians that we were, that we knew had played. But for the two bands, the main bands that I was in growing up, um, you know, semi-stranded modern day suffering, uh, you know, those were just guys that had an interest in playing that were mm. around me and I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. It's fucking crazy. It's like me working with you or being in the room, you know, being in the, uh, you know, in your office area where you work and you talking about having a podcast. It's just, it's weird how these things just kind of spark. Yeah. Up. Creativity. Creativity from all different kinds. But of I feel like a lot of people kinds. don't have any creativity either. It's like, what the fuck do you do? Like if you had to explain yourself to me, what would you say? Like, what have you done that nobody else has ever done? You know, like what is your creative outlet? You know, and a lot of people, I'm finding that, that people don't have them anymore. And, and I lost mine for like a good five, six years. Yeah. And it's super easy to lose it. But, I, but I, I think you get burnt out if you do it for so long, especially playing in music. I was definitely burnt out. I was ready to be done. And I was good with it for three or four years. And I was like, yeah. nope, not for me. I'm fucking over it. And even people that do it professionally, like your Metallicas or whoever the hell else, I'm sure they get tired of it too. And that's why it takes... X amount of time between albums and tours and they just get, it's not like when they're younger, when they're cranking out an album every other year, every year. Yeah. And listening to like, well, talking with Justin, he's the guitar tech for, 
Um, he's a guitar tech for uh, for well, a number of bands, but right now he's working with Nonpoint, and he was talking about it too, like how it's a job now, or I'm, I'm sure they still love it, but mm-hmm. anything that becomes a job obviously gets taken down a couple notches as far as fun goes, and then anything that you've been doing for fucking 20 years, I think he said Nonpoint's been a band for a ridiculous amount of years. I couldn't handle it for five. Right. You know, but I didn't see six as the success that other bands have seen, but, but you're right. Like you definitely, you get burnt out. And I think a large part of it is trying to get your name out there, hoping that things pick up and, and you find a, I, we, we, both of our bands from what I gather found marginal success essentially, as far yeah. as playing with some decent bands and doing that. But you can only grind f- for so long when it comes to a, like an art. You know what yeah. I mean? And we did we did a lot of covers on top of original. So Steve, did we. So, so we, we did we, deep covers, but we did them too. We had that, so we can do your standard four hour bar set and everything like that. But yeah, towards the end, it got to the point where loading stuff in a van, calling bar bar owners, booking gigs, doing all of that stuff, just just keeping just thinking about it now. It's kind of like having a flashback or something. Like exactly. If if somebody's fucking mortgage payment does not rely on something mm-hmm. times five. You have five people. It's extra money. In some cases, it was no fucking money. We just love doing it, but it ends up just being, you know, you have to tell your girlfriend or your wife or your kids, I have to go do this, you know? Yeah. So unless you have, you are getting paid gigs, it's, it's really, really hard. But, um, I, I hope, you know, I want, I want to become more musical and I, I already have, and I'm making an attempt And me and Schrader, Josh Schrader, shout out to Josh Schrader. And I hope Andy Elias and I heard a little bit of that too. The drummer from Semi Stranded are going to try to get some stuff together and send each other tracks and try to uh, produce a track all separately. Yeah. So that's the nice thing too about technology nowadays is you can have people all over the country. You don't have to have them together all in a studio. You can just trade wave files amongst each other. And that's what we're, we're actually going to try to do. That I think we might start off with like some of our some of some like simple favorite kind of acoustic cover stuff mm-hmm. just to just to learn the program. But yeah, so I'm I'm really 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 excited for that. Uh, so I I but I would like to you know hopefully um, you know if you guys do get something put together that'd be pretty sweet. We, we've talked about it with a couple people at work. Um, you know, two of the well, all three except for I guess because one of them's one of the guys' wives, but um, they all have kids. One person just had a child not that long ago. I think. Rob just had a child not that long ago. Shout out to Rob. So did Rob Sam. Myers. Uh, Sam Wagner. Dan has Sam two Wins kids. They're teenagers, so it's a little bit easier. Um, but Rob, I think Rob just got a house, things yeah. like that. So got it's kind of tough on. to. He's got a huge house. You could jam at his place. Yeah, I don't know if his What's wife up, Rob? would be. What's up, Rob? He's jamming his, at your house. I don't know if his wife would be too happy with that, but I, maybe yeah. she would be. I don't know. What are you going to do, wake up the newborn baby? Come on. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I mean, it makes it tough. I mean, everybody wants to do it. But it, it's so much going on that I think it's, people that have never to... been in a band and they're like, oh, I would love to be in a band, and and you get past that point where you know you've played shows and you've you've played a couple shows and you get comfortable and had fun with it, uh, but it's a lot harder than what people think. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Like you said, loading gear, which I was not very good at because I was a lead singer and I got my ass chewed a lot because I was usually fucking whooped because right. I was screaming my head off or doing whatever, chugging shit, throwing stuff, just being like a vulgar metal singer. Cause you know, uh, I grew up, uh, you know, or I not grew up, I didn't grow up on metal, but when I got into metal, it was like, you know, uh, Pantera and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be like Phil, man, trying to be like Phil, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't like that, but I mean, to go and to do it again now at 
you know, being out of it for five years to go and play four hours worth of music. So whatever, 50 songs or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even close to being in shape or you better get your fingers. You better do some finger exercises. Yeah. I better do something. You could do DDP yoga with me, man. Might have to. Are you you doing that? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I am. I like it a lot. It, uh, I wake up earlier. Uh, it's easier to wake up earlier. My lower back doesn't hurt anymore. And I have horrible back problems. Right. Uh, so even in a short amount of time, uh, uh, I've, I've already felt my back getting much stronger. I feel like I have more energy. Um, I haven't really been drinking any alcohol or anything like that. So I feel good probably because of that. <laughs> and it's like, it, I feel like if I don't do it, I'm going to be pissed off at myself. Yeah. So I like guilt myself into like, if you don't do this, if you don't get up and fucking do this, your day is going to be shitty. Right. And I just don't want any shitty days. So makes uh, sense. It, it it like mentally it's been good for me physically I think it's been good for me but it's also too early to tell and it's I do I do a lot of things for a week or two weeks but I do very little things for a month yeah. so we'll see where I'm at after a month but you should try it I think you'd like it. it it's tough trying to stay healthy and exercise and do all of that let alone do it consistently for months on end it's yeah. not the and, easiest thing to do and you add like a probably a pretty moderate to severe uh, addiction to alcohol. I mean, very controlled, but we live in North Dakota. Uh, you know, if someone come from the South or, you know, or, or from somewhere where, I don't it was know, cold Virginia six months out of the year. comes out of Virginia, comes to mind. When I was in Virginia, you couldn't find a liquor store. Nobody right. drank. So if someone from Virginia, I'm sure there are people that drink, so people are going to be like, oh, I'm from Virginia and I drink every fucking day, you know? But that's not what I'm getting at. The way that we drink in North Dakota is heavier than the rest of the nation. So um, I think that's even scientifically proven. It is. I think we're the drunkest. We're the drunkest city, if drunkest not state, city, if not city. I think Fargo's the drunkest city in one of in North America, and I think the colleges in the area yep. are more uh, more binge drinking than any other. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so you add that into my, you add a pretty like a large amount of alcohol consumption. I won't call it an addiction. I'll call it a because uh, I have a good attitude towards it, <laughs> right? But I kind of just cut that off, and that was tough. Like I went through fucking withdrawals. I still do. Like. Uh, it's really, really weird for me. Uh, I don't, I didn't know that they were withdrawals. Uh, so I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, but they are happening and I feel like that helped me get through it. Mm -hmm. The problem that I have right now is that I want to do it more than I'm supposed to. So I overdid it yesterday and I want to do it with Sam when she does it later. And I want to do it in the morning and I want to do it because I'm excited about it and I get like hyper focus ADD. Uh, I get excited about shit, but that's the problem is I can't. I have to stop because I'm going to burn myself out. Um, I, uh, I've been trying to eat better. We, we went to the health food store. That was interesting. Uh, we kind of went gluten-free. We haven't really been eating any sugar. Like I said, we didn't conform to any diets. I haven't said any, really anything to anyone. We just were like, Hey, let's just try to cook some better shit for us. So we, you know, I'm probably still going to have a beer here and there, whatever. But for right now, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I feel good. I feel like my mental clarity is there. Uh, it's just pretty interesting to see like, you know, yoga's for women essentially is what people say. And you tell them that you're doing yoga and they're just like, what the fuck? What? And then you tell them it's like DDP yoga. And I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I have to, I've been wanting to ask you this cause we kind of get, we wrap on some nostalgic shit every once in a while at work. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to my, my boy, James McNamara had a post on Facebook last week that said, uh, take me through, take me through a day in, in the nineties, like when you Jeez. think of your childhood, like, can you, 
can you take me from like a wake up session in the nineties of what your day was? What year in the nineties? And you can pick it. Okay. Let's just go pre, you know, the pre teenage. Yeah, let's. No, I want. Yeah, there we go. Pre teen. So you're seven, eight, nine. I suppose first Perfect. thing. My parents worked in the morning, so they would get me up probably about six, and then I'd kind of be on my own, make breakfast, find my way to school, all of that. What were you eating for breakfast in the 90s? Cereal or Pop-Tarts or things like that. Pop-Tarts, yeah, they've held strong. Pop-Tarts are where it's at. Yeah. That, and then go to school. School is only like a block away, so I would walk there, which I don't think people appreciate now just because the times are different. I don't think, you know, even walking a couple blocks to school would, you know, be it's kind of almost unheard of now just because of crime and all of that stuff but i don't know if i'd let my kids walk to school even if it was yeah I'd, you know a short distance i don't think i would either um you know school do all of that stuff whatever we're doing recess obviously recess is what was your badass. games at recess like you ever remember any of the games you ever fuck with like uh um red rover red rover send jason yeah, right over that or um Football. Oh, or, football's big. Uh, cream the carrier or whatever. So whoever carried the football, somebody cream would the to, carrier. Man. That's the PC version. Is that really I, what you guys? That's what it? we called it. I didn't know that they called it something else until recently. Actually, stuff like that or random stuff with the girls, whatever. Oh, you were like a that. ladies' man yeah, from tried, a young age. Tried to be. Ooh, was wow. when I was younger, but as I got a teenager, I had no I wrote, game at all. So <laughs> I don't know. What I wrote you a poem. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. I like your hair. You have nice hair. Love Jason. <laughs> Some, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, stuff like that. And then go so, home. Um, parents would work. Sometimes they'd be home when I got home. Sometimes they wouldn't be. So it was essentially have the house key hidden or my own house key, but go in, have a snack. What kind of snack like you that. working with in the 90s? Uh, used to like some grapes or little uh, cheese and Ritz crackers or something oh, like that. Oh, there you go. There so you go. You didn't, uh, you didn't mess with any... Uh, I met, uh, what are they, uh, Dunkaroos? Had them, like, at lunch or something, oh, part yeah. of a little dessert and lunch, Ooh, or a Kool-Aid Cool Burst or something like Ooh, that. Ooh, Kool-Aid Cool Burst. I don't even know if they make those Did you anymore. pack your lunch back in the day? No, my, my mom did. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, so your mom packed your lunch for yeah. you? You always had those, like, nice little snacks in there? Oh, yeah, got definitely. That, got the soup in the thermos? Yeah, soup in a thermos, a little sandwich or something like oh, that. Oh, that sounds nice. PB&J with the crust cut off and did, things like that. Did you get down with the Nickelodeon? Oh, who didn't at that age? <sighs> What's that your favorite time? Nickelodeon show? If you... I like Salute Your Shorts a lot. Oh, yeah, man. Salute Your Shorts. Camp on Awana. Yeah. Um, Pete and Pete was pretty cool. I never got into Pete and Pete. It was a little obscure for me. Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, yeah. Clarissa Just Explains It All. I thought Melissa Joan Hart was hot. So me too. Her, I wanted to marry her Her when fashion I was, a kid. was fucking ridiculous with her like bibs and her Doc Martens. Yeah. And like, who, she always had that one dude that would climb in her Sam window. Sam or whatever his yeah. name was. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I can't believe I remember that shit. Clarissa Explains It All. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then, you know, cartoons in the morning before school. They, like now, there's like Cartoon Network where there's cartoons on all day. When I was a kid, you had it in the morning from six to or five to eight mm -hmm. and then a little bit maybe when you got home and then not until the next day uh i think it was like abc always had saturday mornings yes that was yeah. like the shit like yeah. what was that mud show like they call me mud or there was i don't even know if you if anyone knows what i'm talking about i'm sure remember. i could google it real quick i don't really care but it was it was like a, a schoolhouse rock but then it turned into like a pretty good lineup on Saturday mornings. I remember looking forward to Saturday morning cartoons like nobody's business. Like Friday night was like Nickelodeon shit because that was Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Was so, that Friday or was that Saturday? No, Friday night. 
TGI Friday was like Urkel or Family oh, yeah, Matters yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. But then after that, it was Nickelodeon, Are You Afraid of the Dark, right? Yeah, they had all them yeah. more teenage-oriented programs Towards the end. On, yeah. But then before that was like Guts, that show Guts, where people... Uh, where everyone had like it was like obstacle courses, yeah. Like are you or what else? Almost know? like a precursor to Ninja Warrior. Or something exactly, like it's that. exactly yeah. what it was. And they, they there was like academic. Uh, that one uh, guts was like academic and physical. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had Double Dare with Mark Summers. That w- why don't they have that anymore? They kind of do. They have Wipeout, but it's yeah, like it's bring back, same. bring back fucking Double Dare. Bring back, you remember Wild and Crazy Kids? Yes. Fucking Omar yes. Gooding. They would just go to these crazy, he's like Bertie, like Bert Kreischer does, you know, where he goes to all these awesome places, these, uh, what would you call them, uh, amusement parks. Yep. And they would just have kids like, these, all these kids contests, would, yeah. Or they'd, be, they'd be like, "Who can who can run across, run run next to the pool, not slip, yeah. jump off the thing, do a flip, go break a balloon, I fucking think, win." We were actually talking about that today too. I don't think, you know, if you were a young child listening to this right now, you'd be like, "What the hell are they talking about?" And we didn't have fucking Facebook or like forty apps by the no. time we were six years old, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Or we didn't have so net, that, Netflix, like we were talking about. This nothing today on work. demand. You'd have to go to the video store on a Friday night, get there early to get the good videos or good Nintendo game or whatever. Exactly. Rent it for the weekend, and then what you got, you were stuck with. You like, and we if it loved sucked, it, and we fucking loved if it. If it sucked, you had no choice but to love it. I played Wavery sixty four for fucking forty eight hours straight, and I loved it. I got that. I had uh, Drew. Shout out to, to Drew. Uh, I had him put it on. He has it on his phone, and we were playing with it the other day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was like, "This is bullshit. <laughs> I can't even believe I like this." Right. You know. But yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, you're right. We've rented. You rented a video game. I remember having a Nintendo. My dad used to rent a Nintendo because he worked at a grocery store when I yep. was just little, little. We didn't even buy one. He just rented it. It came in like the, what, what then would be like an early 92, 93, or probably 91, 92. It was like this Pelican case looking thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would play, you know, I'd play NES. Like yeah. Duck Hunt fucking changed the game. I, I just, like, I, I have vivid memories of that. Um, so it was one of the questions um, that, my, uh, that Brandon Curtis brought up. Uh, he kind of had uh, brought it up to me first, and then I think he shared it to a couple groups. But, um, you know, what are you thinking on the new uh, Nintendo? What are they calling it? The, the new, Switch. The, well, there's the Switch, but then they just came out with the Classic too, right? The NES Classic. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool to have everything built in like it is. but They're I going think for $200. So they're going for well, equal prices no, now, right? They're 50, for four, 59 $50. bucks, yeah. but because there's so high demand, you get yeah. people scalping the damn thing. And that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna wear off. Well, it's stupid because I don't see why they... Didn't have a mass quantity of them out there for Christmas time. You think that that would have been probably one of the, the top sellers for Christmas? Well, yeah, you you think you'd want to meet the demand, but maybe it's a marketing ploy. It might be. Nintendo's probably selling them themselves on the side for triple the money. Who knows? They probably got a uh, yeah an eBay hustle that we don't even know about. Well, a lot of people too may not know. They may you could download all the stuff on your computer the same way and play it. And get an or, old school USB controller, I think, right? Yeah, or if you can get one of those little Raspberry Pi things. Yeah, you can make essentially an NES out can, of those. You can have all of that hooked up to your TV on your own for a fraction of what you'd pay for the NES Classic. But I don't care. I'm still getting one. Yeah, I'm going to get one too as yeah. soon as I can. I've looked. We go to the stores. I'll I'm going to wait for him to come back to 50 bucks, and yeah. then I'm going to fucking buy one. Yeah. But the Switch, too, it's like, uh, that looks pretty interesting. Uh, I like that they got away from the Wii. I had a Wii. It was good for Netflix five years ago, seven years ago. But the Wii is just, I played with the new, the Wii, what is it called? What's the new Wii? The Wii U. The Wii U. I, I kind of like the uh, separate controller. 
uh, with the screen, but I just, I can't get into it. I think the Wii was kind of more of a novelty thing with the whole motion control and thing. And I fucking hated it. And I think it was only going to take them so far. It was huge when it come out. Yeah. Then yeah, after a while, I think the it's like, oh, I have to stand up. Off. My back hurts. Yeah. And then, and then now they're kind of reincorporating it. So that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. But the best game that I had ever played for Wii was when they remastered Super Mario Brothers Wii. And you ended up, you didn't even use the motion. You just turned the thing sideways. Right. And it made a, like an old school NES controller. I love that game. I thought Mario Kart was pretty cool. The whole motion control where you have to put the controller in the wheel. I thought that was kind of cool. I hated cool. it. You didn't like it. it? Fuck no. Really? Anytime you have to do like steering with a phone or anything like that. Nope. I didn't mind it. I I'm out. I'm checked out. Anytime I have to like, anytime it's not buttons, because my my thumbs and my and my brain work. You know, we're connected well. You know, yeah. Like I can I can fuck with that. It takes me a little bit, like getting back into Halo and stuff. I got to play. I had to play for a month or so before I could play a little bit. But then your brain and your thumbs just start to work together. What uh, we, what games are you playing now? Playing uh, Farm Simulator, the new 2017 Farm Simulator. I got a pretty pretty sweet farm setup. Um, you can play co-op. I play with my brother and a few friends. We have a logging operation, multi-million dollar, oh, of course. Nice. Yeah, and I've, I've been playing a lot of Rocket League. Uh, oh, okay, big, the, the big racing. Inter- yep, it's yeah. like soccer with cars. Yep. I love Rocket League. There's people that are playing in Rocket League that don't work. That's their fucking job. That's what they do. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And I think it's, I love the game. It's simple. Uh, it's, it, depending on who you're playing with, it's a completely different game. Right. Like if you're playing with some friends that are pretty good at it and you're playing with some friends that aren't very good at it, it's a different experience. I, I played it a little bit and it, yeah, each game seems to be like it's a different game. It's 20 fucking dollars. They keep updating it. It's mm-hmm. $19.99 on the, you know, with the gold. I don't know without the gold. Uh, and they keep updating it and it looks like the game was made yesterday. And if you have a 4K TV and I have the new Xbox Slim, it looks really, really good. Um, other than that, I've been messing with Halo 5. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I was a Halo 2. Uh, fanatic anyone that told me anything uh i hated halo 3 and 4 halo 4 is growing on me uh because i like the kind of different style they took with it but mm-hmm. uh halo 5 incorporates a lot of the things that i really like about halo and i think they did a really really good job but the, the problem with playing halo uh you know 10 years later um is that there's people that were playing halo like i play once a week they play fucking seven days a week. yeah they played all the time and when you they put you in a level where you're playing with people that are fairly new, but then you get up and it's like you almost get up into a different ranking or you get good at Slayer or whatever different games you're playing. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're in with the fucking big boys and it's just like, yep, you're dead. Yeah. It's I didn't not, even fucking see anything. not even the point where it's even fun anymore. So I've ran into that dead end where I just don't have the time to stay good. Yeah. So I've gotten to a point where I keep getting up to a point in like a weekend and then I get my ass kicked. Then I don't play. And then it's almost like I get discouraged because it takes me six games to get back you know, to get yeah. over two kills, you know? So, but farm simulator is really good. It was an expensive game, but it's had, it's got a bunch of, it's got pretty much every tractor combination you could ever think of. You can grow your own crops. You can raise animals. It, they did a really good job with it. It's I, a, I've never played it. I've heard a lot of people. I'm a simulator guy. I like to play before bed. It kind of calms me down a little yeah. bit. It gets my mind off of things. It's like, Oh, I'm doing a mall. I'm, I'm playing a game where essentially I'm doing manual labor. Yeah. I'm operating, you know? That's usually what I do before um, bed. I'll play some video games with her because wife goes to bed different time than me I do. Too. She, she goes, goes to she bed goes, before me. She goes to work earlier than I do too. So we'll play maybe a little bit before, and then I'll just play. Where are you playing? Bed. Um, we bought a PS4 for Black Friday, and I bought Callie Little Big Boom. Planet 3 for that. So I hear just, a lot about that We game. just beat that. It's kind of like your classic platformer puzzle kind of game, so that's pretty cool. 
Um, Madden, always playing that. Um, That's another one of those games where everybody is so fucking good at it and has been because the premise of the game hasn't changed and the controls have changed very little as well that I just can't fucking keep up. I can't compete. It's not once you get online and start playing, it's a whole different. And that's how I play. World. I play online because I only have one controller, and no one yeah. in my household is playing anything. You know, so I hook up with my little brother on Xbox Live. Just got hooked up with my stepdad uh, and my uh, my other stepbrother. So I haven't really gotten to play with them. I got connected with a few people at work. Uh, I used to play a lot of Grand Theft Auto, but I've, yeah. I didn't buy that for Xbox One. I need to get it, but uh, my controller fucking broke. Nice. Uh, the thumbstick, and I was reading online, and they said that's a common problem. I've had this slim for like, I don't know, two months, two and a half months. It's already broke. And the thumbstick snapped really? right off. That's how hard really? I play. Wow. I, that's how hard I game. I use, um, we, when we were playing like Resident Evil for 360, we were wearing the nubs off of the the sticks. Oh, yeah. So we would buy, we bought little um, ones that you can attach onto it. It's supposed hmm. to make the sticks last longer. That's what happened. This, well, the this one... The, it snapped where it connects to like the oh, little servo, yeah, um, sensor. I don't know what the fuck you call it gotcha. on the track or whatever. So, but I mean, whatever. I fixed it. I took it a fuck. I took it apart. Like I'm stubborn, and I should have just ordered another one online. But I have this weird thing. They're not happened. cheap though. No, they're not at all. So fifty, sixty dollars yeah. for the Bluetooth one is sixty bucks. So I took it apart and I fixed it. I put a, a shaft. I found a nail the size of that shaft and it had a hole in it. And I put it in there. <laughs> And I super glued it, and I put the thumb back on, put the controller back together, and it fucking works. So I'm nice. back in business. But nice. I got to drop a super glue down in there, so it's a little, a little sticky. sticky. It'll come out of it. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to work it out. You know, I'm gonna have to work it out. <clears throat> but so so yeah, man. Uh, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, um, no problem. We definitely like to have you on. Uh, you know, um, more than just this time, and sure, uh, definitely entertain the idea of you and your. Uh, your lovely wife slash co-host slash uh, partner in crime. We'd like to have her possibly. Yeah, on as well. that one will never happen. No, no. Okay, I, it, it's it's tough to get her to do the wrestling. You're one. fucking telling me, um, to for me to get Sam to do one. I literally she just waits until she has a bunch of shit piles up that she needs done, mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, you want me to do a podcast? Okay, well here's the list. It's a good, good way to get out of it. Good way to get out of it. It's a good way to get your shit done because it's like, oh, honey, let's start a podcast together. She's like, yeah, perfect. That'd be so fun. Let's do it. Now I have to do the fucking laundry, rubber feet. You know what I mean? That's too much information. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not even the start of it. No, I'm just kidding. Have you ever descaled a shower? What the? F- no, I'm just kidding. What the fuck is that? When you get like the, 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 when you have like a, not hard water, but you know, like the shower, you have to like, it's not a descale, but. You know, you spray the shower down and let the suds go. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. clean everything. You got to yeah. clean the shower, you know. When you have little rugrats like me, uh, things happen, you know. Yeah. Shit ends up in places it should not be. Well, it's kind of like that with our dogs. You never exactly. know where you're going to find. Exactly. A little pile of, mm-hmm. uh, or a little present. The amount there. of anxiety that I get before somebody lifts up or moves my couch, you know. It's like, oh, my God, what's under there? Right. Or you drop something down there and you're like, fuck, we have to look. Lunch from a week ago. Oh, man, you don't even... I couldn't even begin to explain the shit that I found in the couch. It's like little kids or, I don't know, like little pack rats. Little chundies. Little chundies. Little, <laughs> there's a gallon, I found the gallon of milk. <laughs> little fuckers. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah, everybody no needs to check out uh, uh, the Count Out Podcast. Um, they are on, um, they are in, uh, on iTunes. They're, uh, they're, uh, just Google it. Uh, 
The, yeah, uh, if you Google it, it should be the first result that comes back. Which is interesting. So. I need to get on that level so that the What's Up podcast comes up on Google as well. I just know there's a whole process. Um, also, get your plug. Um, you, it's the podcast or the Countout Podcast Wrestling Community. Or Countout Wrestling Community. I'm sorry, Countout Face- Wrestling. Facebook.com slash the Countout Wrestling. So uh, all of my professional uh, wrestling fans out there, and I know there are some because I have been talking to you about this recently, um, uh, is it in a public group or do you have to be added? No, it's public. You can just go in and just join it. You don't have to have an invite or don't have to go through an approval so thing if, or anything like that. If you love wrestling, brother, you join the group and then join everybody that comes to your house for pay-per-view. Too. Yeah. Because that's how it works. You works. add people to groups that don't want to be in there, and then they realize they really like shit, and then we end up with a fucking sweet group. There you go. All right, everybody. We'll have a great evening. Uh, thanks a lot, Jason. Uh, this was definitely fun. We have to do it again. Yeah, no problem. Good night.